What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boy Corey Tulliba from No Ceilings here with a very special No Ceilings NBA Draft podcast episode. Look, it's the offseason, man. So we're trying to break up the monotony of the offseason and give you some special episodes. A little synopsis of the episode today in 2021 for the Hardwood Magazine, which was the independent basketball magazine that I ran. I interviewed the Through the Wire podcast. Um, For those of you that aren't familiar, they are some of the best content creators in the basketball space with a awesome basketball pod. And I wanted to feature them in the magazine as content creators that I thought were changing the game because they're doing a lot of creative things. So we recorded this uh, a year ago and it was specifically for the magazine. So this was The Lost Tapes. It's an interview that no one has ever heard. You may have read excerpts from it in the magazine if you bought the magazine, but this is completely um, unreleased footage, audio, video that I wanted to share because I think it offers a lot of cool insights into the process of content creating, how it gets started, consistency, and just you know some really good basketball discussion. Again, it was from a year ago, so you might hear something you know uh, every now and again that seems a little out of place, but um, this is The Lost Tape. So without further ado, let's get into it with our boys from Through the Wire. We're here with the Through the Wire podcast um, for issue two of the Hardwood Magazine. Fellas, I appreciate you doing this. I'm excited to uh, talk some creative process and some hoops with you guys. Of course, man. Thanks for the invite. Yes, sir. Yeah. So how, did, how and why did you guys decide to start a podcast? Yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a group chat. And in that group chat, we just randomly start talking about hoops. I think it was Pierre that was like, man, we just got to record this. We we know people are listening. Um, and that's basically how it was. It was very organic. The only thing was we had talked about it on and off for like a year or two years. And then one day we were just like, are we sure we want to do this? And then we just made the steps. Boom. That was it. Uh, yeah, that was that was the I think that was the best part because, uh, yeah, we talked about it for so many for so many times. Um, just procrastinating. Kenny took the initiative to buy all the equipment, which was like, that was like the, the instrumental moment. Cause we would have just sat around and just been like, Hey, you ready to buy your mic? Or are you ready to buy your mic? And I'm ready to buy my, and nobody would have probably bought it. Yeah. So, uh, and then initially we had three mics, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Right. And cause we didn't know that Derek, my guy with the Dunder Mifflin shirt on, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't think he was serious. So I remember when we first started, he had uh, a different mic than the rest of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so he he was a little less serious and more serious. I was I, serious, but they didn't think I was serious. Because <laughs> yeah. I showed up to the spot and like they didn't have a mic for me. Yeah, <laughs> not expect me to even show up. <laughs> That's messed up. That's messed up. But you guys got it figured out, right? Yeah. Um, right. Were you were you guys into like any particular podcast that influenced you, um, mm-hmm. or was it just like the whole scene was blowing up? Like everybody's got a podcast now. Mm-hmm. I personally not listening to any podcasts or any shows, to be honest. Besides, like the mainstream shows, like the first takes and shit like that. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think like. So, like, well, at least for me, like I wasn't just like inspired by any podcast. Like, the main thing about the show is just like it's just so organic. Like the the things we talk about and how we talk on the show. Like that's literally how we talk about it. We're at the gym talking basketball. If we're like in an Xbox party, like. That it's just literally how we talk. It might be a little bit less filtered, you know, but it's just like it's all the same thing. So it's literally just like putting it on a platform, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I think me and P might be a little different because I actually, yeah, I, I listened to podcasts back then. I listen to podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when we first started, I was big into Bill Simmons's pod. 
um, and Zach Lowe's pod. I still love Zach Lowe's pod, but those would be my inspirations. But what people don't know is that when we started Through the Wire, it wasn't going to be just hoops. It was like the reason we picked the name Through the Wire is because it was similar to like, um, what is it, Everyday Struggle, where it's like they can talk about things and going on in culture. We talk about fashion. We talk about a little bit of music everything but once we finally got down to record and we were like yeah maybe basketball is it maybe that's our calling yeah um when when we first started actually when we first started i'll be honest and i don't want to sound like this but podcasting wasn't what it is now like now everybody has a podcast um i was listening to uh no jumper with adam 22 and then the joe budden podcast um, the very first version of the Joe Budden podcast. So I wasn't even into like basketball podcasts. Um, and I don't even know what made us make it a podcast, but I'm glad we did because we were on it so early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, all that time we was procrastinating. We could have probably been the first with a podcast if we would have got, got down to business when we first talked about it. But, yeah. You know what? Though? I feel like that's a good mix because you got a couple of guys who kind of knew the format. And then a couple who can go in fresh. So, you know, you're not necessarily taking from this podcast and that podcast. Right. It, it Like you said, it's organic. Um, and to me that, you know, when you're starting something new, you don't want to be a worse version of somebody who's already doing something good. Right. You want to be, you know, your own your own thing. So starting out, you said you went in early. A couple, couple of you guys didn't even really fuck with podcasts like that. Like, how long did it? take for you guys to kind of find your groove like in the show it took mm-hmm. a long time i think it took a long time uh we can go back and listen and watch those first episodes and they were god awful uh I, I think we've all come very far when it comes to being comfortable in front of a microphone and being comfortable and in front of a camera and i think then when we started we had no idea where it was gonna go or how big it would be and I would say maybe in those beginning years, we weren't as dedicated to like really studying the game of basketball as we are nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of helped me just be more comfortable in front of mics, more comfortable talking. Like I, I'm way more comfortable talking to people in public. Like I, I'm way more freely, openly talking to people. Like it's helped me like really just like my comfortability with talking before was just like so shy, so nervous. Like even when we just had the mics, like I would start sweating if we were talking. Like, I don't get that no more. Like, I'm way more comfortable just talking in general. Yeah, I, I was just going to add to it real quick. But I, I just, I think it's just a big confidence thing. And just, like, we've been doing this shit for a while now. Like, it's been a few years. We've been doing this shit every week. So I think the reps just got us into a place where we're just comfortable, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, you guys are all, like, boys, right, for for a minute now. So that's that's got to help, too. Because, like you said, it, was, it started as a group chat, and you're basically just taking that format and – turn it into an audio version, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think that that organic word is so big for us because um, me and Kenny are actually blood cousins. Um, my dad and his his mom are siblings, so we've obviously known each other our entire lives. And then I went to school with Mike and Derek, uh, middle school. I'm a couple years older, but I've all, we've always lived like in the same neighborhood and went to the same schools. So then when I got to high school and my cut co- my little cousin comes to my high school, I see him in the hallway talking to Mike. And I'm like, oh, shit, I know Mike. And Mike, this is my cousin. So then everybody like, oh, shit, small world type thing. And years go by. And then, yeah, we have this this podcast now. But I was just a, a student just um, emailed me to ask 
for some like some questions for like a his school paper or whatever. And he asked kind of the same question. I think we was kind of like we were reluctant to really speak our true voices too. I think like now we have this confidence about ourselves that like this is what I think, this is my opinion. I don't care who 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 cares or I don't care who disagrees. This is what I see. And I feel like when we first started, we were a little held back with our takes and our opinions because we cared about the reaction. But now we're at this point where it's like, we are who we are and this is what I think. So what, if you disagree, I don't care. Right. Yeah. That fear of messing up and like rubbing people the wrong way kind of went out the window after a while. Like you just became more confident. You just like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even care. I'm going to just say what I feel like is in my mind at that moment, at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. P, I was just watching like an old video and you were talking, this, I, it's gotta be, around when you guys were starting and uh you were like you know i think i gotta tone it down a little i don't know who's watching uh you know uh, what if nba tv wants to to come at me with something you know maybe i should curse less and now you guys are just like fuck it right we're we're just yeah. talking who you would you know in the living room we you still know? try to we still try to censor it. we don't we try not to curse as much if it's lips <laughs> but like we try not to. Stay. I just be myself, man. Like yeah. because when you start, yeah, I I don't know what was making me say that, but like what I found out was people love that authentic authenticity. So like if I rub somebody the wrong way, I, I don't care because it's going to be another five people who just love. They want that mm-hmm. real. People fiend for the real. Like they want relatability. They want real, and that's how we give you the talk. We talk like we're at a lunch table, like we're in a break room. Like we're at the gym and we just got done running fools and now we're talking about basketball. And that's what people want. You know what I mean? We don't wear suits. We're not all, you know, um, uh, graduate graduating from, you know, some college and then was a beat writer and worked our way up onto TV like most, you know, past generations have done it. We kind of carve in a new lane where you can be you. You can be young, be free and might get green dreads and. You know what I mean? We just being ourselves and, you know, whoever likes it, like it. If you don't, I mean, you just don't. Yeah. And and one thing we also learned with some of our live shows is that if we're told that we can't curse, we can still put together a good show without yep. doing that, those things. So yeah. it's just like we got I think we, we do a good job of uh, monitoring what we can and can't say. Yeah. Speaking of your live shows, I mean, explain like the energy of a live show versus you guys recording by yourselves. Nothing beats it. Nothing beats. Nothing beats it. We did one in uh, Chicago All Star Weekend 2019, and um, we packed out the house. We had this full warehouse that they specifically had for us to do a, a live show. It was completely free to the public. So we just, it's just like to see my family and friends finally seeing me do what I can do in front of also people that just watch us. I don't know. I don't know. The energy is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think there's like. It's something different when you see a dude that's been like supporting you on Twitter for like the past year and a half and then finally get to actually put, you know, a, a face to this Twitter handle that's been Russell Westbrook for like, you know, it, it's just a different type of feeling. So the live shows are always the best, bro. Packing up the place, having family there. And then it's just like, I always feel like every time we have a live show too, a fan will have a family member and they'll bring them and they'll be like, you know what? You guys, you know, you guys aren't too bad. Like you, you got another fan in me. Like, I feel like that always happens as well. So. The, the live shows are just dope. I love the live shows for the um, meet and greets. I think the meet and greets are great. Like you get to meet and like interact with fans. You get to like sign autographs. You get to take a bunch of pictures. Mm-hmm. Y'all get to talk who's one on one, like face to face. And there's no like Twitter handles or nothing like that. <laughs> so I just I love that part of it because it's just like 
is like being social with people that probably will never get to see you, but low key, you just like made their whole week because they just got to sit there and interact with you. Yeah, for me, it it, it can be emotional, man. Like to see, like I remember we had our first live show ever in New York. There was his dad who drove his son and daughter from Delaware to come see us. We had our guy. Um, Chino, my, shout out to Chino. Yeah, my boy Chino. From Canada, did he? Yeah. yeah, from Montreal. He caught a flight all the way to New York for a few hours. His flight was like scheduled right after the show ended. He got right back on the plane and went right back home just to watch. Like just to, So like when people do that, and then even in the Chicago show, a dude came with my hoodie and told me he flew from the Bahamas to Chicago to come to the show. Like that gets you emotional because it's like, bro, this shit is this. It's more real than what we because all we do is come on here, we turn the camera on, or when we get back in person, yeah, same thing. We just sit down, turn the camera on, we just talk basketball. But it it it, it like for other people, it's a lot more serious and impactful. Some people we get DMs all the time, like, man, you guys got me through this, through that. I was going through this. Like when you start hearing those messages, it's kind of it, it blows your mind. But you you probably know Corey because you you managed a band or something. I saw you say before. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> being a rap, like being a, the next rap group, and we're like those shows are like the first shows, and you packing them out, and then the, the fans get to grow with you. It's kind of like yeah, being a music artist or something. Like I yeah, definitely I, feel like our next live show will have way more people than yeah. It's gonna be. <laughs> Live every live show is going to be crazy lit. Like people mm-hmm. are going to be so excited to get out. But yeah, yeah. I feel you. You know, I, I saw it all the time. I even saw it with me. Like I was a dude just designing t-shirts and like backdrops and, and shit. And like, and I'm just selling merch at a show. And I got people who I don't recognize coming to me, telling me, you know, how much the band and even like my art helped people. So it is, it's crazy, right? Getting like the experience of face to face. Cause Twitter is and like Instagram, all that is cool. You can kind of get to know people. Um, the internet's really connected us, but there's still nothing like meeting somebody face to face and really having that one on one moment with you. And that's how you get fans to not move on to the next thing, right? Now you got these people cherish these memories and they're they rock with you forever. Yes. So, yeah, it definitely um, seems like our fans like they stick with us. Like there's no like they don't leave us. Like they ride yeah. with us. Well, that's a testament to, you know, you guys showing up to, to work every week and, and being consistent, right? Is that is that hard to, uh, you know, consistently put out content? Nah, I, I feel like it's, <laughs> a, it's the best part about it. I think personally, I live for content. I live for that, that instant gratification of a new video going up and reading through the comments of people saying negative and positive things. Uh, that's that's the reason I do what I do. Honestly, it's the best part about my job. Yeah, I'll... I, 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 for certain things, I don't mind it. Um, especially like basketball. Like I eat, sleep, drink basketball. This is what I do. Like in my spare time when I'm not working and making it, I'm watching guys like you, hoop intellect. You know what I mean? Like guys who are, are specializing in shit that I, I'm intrigued on. So like as soon as I get to Jalen Suggs, you know, hardwood, hoops, fucking video, I'm watching instantly because I need to know. I want, I, I want information. But that's how we also early on was like, we're going to um, carve a lane for ourselves. We don't stop. There's no off season for us through the off season. We still keep our same schedule. When a pandemic came and the season was suspended, we still drop two times a week. And it, it, it differentiates us from other people who take those pauses and breaks. So it's easy. We love the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
I mean, yeah, that that love of the game shit, it, it can it can take you so far, man. Like people don't know, like we have episodes and not not really like especially during like the pandemic when it first started, we like, man, what are we talking about today? And then we put on one of our like best our best shows or something like that because we're just like we're just talking, you know, we're just and, and people love that, you know, people just love to hear that genuine conversation. You know, that, that's what people strive for. I, I get a lot of DMs like, you know, you you guys, not even just like the basketball, you inspired me to just like, you know, talk music with my friends get, get, and re- record it and stuff like that. So it's just that element, you know, genuine conversation. Oh, it's just... Yeah, I think, honestly, I think we're like one, like somebody just saying one little take away from like it taking like a whole different direction and taking on like a whole new conversation. Like the dialogue can just grow and grow off that like we just grow off each other honestly when we're talking a lot of it's just us growing off of each other and like taking points here and there and just like it's just all natural yeah well you guys got four people doing a show which like you listen to most podcasts is really two people maybe three you guys ever find it hard to let everybody cook no yeah no i yeah you would think you would think it would be but um Mm-mm. Like today, Kenny went off. Kenny had his his little rant today of like he's a bull. Oh well, Corey, you're a Bulls fan too. But yeah, guys are calling Zach Levine empty stat. You know the empty stat guy. So he cooked. You know, and then next week I'm a Knicks fan. So yeah. you know the Knicks may lose three in a row, and it's like, oh, we of course it's the Knicks. They they suck. And now I'm I gotta go off. Micah Laker fan. So you know we all have our moments where you know we right. just let each other go off. It's kind of like the Brooklyn Nets. Harding gonna have his moments where he, you know, KD gonna have his moments, Kyrie. But once once you see somebody in a bag, you just step out and and, and let them let them go to work. So some if we like the Brooklyn Nets, one of us got to be Blake Griffin. Who is that? I mean, Derek, Derek don't really have moments where he's just going off. True. Neither Derek. does Mike. They have yeah. moments, but they don't really go off. Like Mac, me and you will go for four or five minutes. Yeah. Like, listen, we got to see this. And you know, so we actually like, yeah, that would be like AD and LeBron, and then that's like I could be Dennis Schroeder. I could, I could be Dennis Schroeder, man. Schroeder, okay. Montrez Harrell. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with being Montrez and Dennis Schroeder, right? None right. at all, especially if he's declining eighty-four million. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you know, who knows? Maybe he proves everybody wrong, and he gets, uh, you know, he gets a bag. I don't know, but sometimes. You got the wrong people in your ear. I don't know. Uh, You guys were saying like initially you chose through the wire because um, it could have been a show like Everyday Struggle where you're meshing everything together. Uh, One, you guys are all Chicago guys, right? Yeah. So like, was it easy to go straight to a Kanye song to to make the title of your podcast because Mm. he's from Chicago? I think... I think Pierre came up with the idea of trying to do it something similar to what Everyday Struggle did. Uh, did. So I think all of us was just going through our favorite artists' tracks. And at, somebody's like, we got to do a Kanye song, right? And it just, boom, through, through the wire, just made the most sense, I think. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just our made first, the most sense. Our first ideas was terrible, though. Mm-hmm. We had, like, Reasonable Doubt podcast, mm-hmm. Illmatic podcast. And then it had to be Kenny because I know Derek probably didn't say yeah. it. I don't know if Mike is Kanye. Guy. I don't even remember how that shit literally but, went down. Like that's how long ago it was. Like this too. Like it yeah. just kind of stuck once we did. Once yeah, once that through the wire was put in that chat, everybody was like, "Yo, 
that is it. That That's is one. it right there. Don't say anything else. We are through the wire. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things. Like, yeah, once you hear it, it's just like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, the other cool thing about, like, content in 2021 is even though you guys are a hoop show, you really don't have to strictly talk about hoops when hip-hop and hoops, like, and the culture of it are so intertwined mm-hmm. today. More so than ever, right? And especially with how everybody's branded together in social media. So it kind of, you know, is one of those things. Well, like you said, it, the light bulb went off and it, it's kind of perfect just because of the way that even content um, is looked mm-hmm. at today. No, yeah. Um, we, we've One of our most best episodes is where we took NBA players and we took rappers and we brought them together. So we're like, this guy is that guy. I forgot who we were doing because mm-hmm. it's it years ago, but I know that was one of the most popular episodes we had. That's like the House of Highlights love that shit so much too that they were like, you know, we're gonna push this episode. Like mm-hmm. that was the first episode they ever came to us. It was like we're we're gonna like try to make sure that this one is getting pushed out. But who did we have? We had like we had like, we had, like uh, we might have had like LeBron and Drake. I think J. Cole had to be Dame. I think J. Cole was Dame. It might it might have been like oh he underrated he don't get the respect but he might he we gotta remember this is this is like three years ago too this is like yeah, three yeah. years ago <laughs> LeBron is on the Cavs so we had like LeBron is Drake and Draymond was like push a T because it was like the Cavs versus Warriors thing and yeah it was it was it was a while ago but we actually we actually did well on that list if I'm if, if, if from my memory yeah we did well should we redo that list you might have to revisit it. Yeah, we we might. I think we might. Have to, Giannis, Giannis would not be someone different. Exactly, but but we would have to. Yeah, I think we we did something not too long. I feel like we did this like a few months ago. We kind of revisited, it, but we ain't had no like staple episode on it. Right. We could go the twenty five under twenty five. So we because if we did it again, it would be the same rappers but different rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, like Giannis would be at the top. Of, so if we could do yeah. like young budding stars, who's Devin Booker, who's Donovan Mitchell, who's Zach Levine. Okay. Who you know that that would be better. I can't wait to hear D, who who D Mills got for some artists, bro. Because <laughs> I, I just feel like D Mills he he doesn't expand his shit. Like if it's not a big artist, he's probably like, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not with that. Right. Well, we not everybody could be Drake. Make a pool of artists. Like we should have just one pool of artists and everybody come with us. That way, not everybody has some different. <laughs> We're on Corey's show thinking about ideas for our show. <laughs> this is that's where the magic happens. <laughs> Does that con- this but this is good, right? Because you got this is like the perfect um everybody way to show how you guys work, right? You guys were talking about one thing, all of a sudden you guys just start riffing off each other, and that's where the chemistry and, and how organic you guys work together. It's it's like that's perfect. They just literally just saw how sometimes we create shows. Yep, that was it. <laughs> we never, we never come with like some organized show. Like we don't be like, all right, for the first five minutes, we're talking about this or that. We come, we get on a Zoom, everybody like, or maybe somebody will text normally Kenny like, hey, what's for tomorrow's show? And sometimes the answer be, we're just going to talk basketball, man. Like, nobody answers with no specific topic. We always lay, lay, lay our hat on that. We're just going to talk basketball. We're just going to. It literally just starts with, like, small stuff that happened within the NBA that week. That's literally just how it starts. And then yeah. you go off the. 
Or just like we'll start with something that maybe someone said on a like on like another platform, and we'll yeah. go off that too. Shout out to NBA Twitter. NBA Twitter says a lot of dumb shit for us to react. <laughs> <laughs> like today's episode is literally called "Empty Stats." Like we just went off on people who the empty stats is the most dumbest thing I've ever heard, and we just we just was able to go in off that for majority of the show. I can't I can't talk about anything like that after. After everything with Zach Levine, there's a, there's a lot of apologies that I feel like haven't happened yet, for my yeah. man. From you? <laughs> no, he's you from the public. No, he's saying oh, from the public. public. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 just the public. I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, you? Um, let's talk about you guys. You guys all like different teams, right? Mm-hmm. How? But you're all from Chicago, or you guys yep. move? All right. So, I mean, I understand Kenny's fandom. He's from Chicago. He's a Bulls fan. Makes sense. How uh, how did you guys become fans of the Lakers and the Knicks and whether the Blazers, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a Bulls fan. I'm from New York, so I, I like yeah. I get that this happened. So, what's uh your your fandom origins? So for me, I thought I was going to the NBA, man. I had hoop <laughs> dreams, and I thought I was going to be the first overall pick to the New York Knicks. I had like my I had my my dream of being in the NBA mapped out. I had like I was gonna be at this time I'm like I'm a tall kid. I'm like five nine, five ten, but I'm still young. I'm like in second, third grade. So I'm like, man, I should be able to get to six six. So if I'm six six, I can be like Kobe and Mike. Kobe played in LA. Mike played in Chicago. I, I never wanted to play for the Bulls as a kid because the Michael Jordan shadow is just even as a kid, I recognized that. So, like, what other place could I go to that ain't Chicago or L.A.? At the time, the, the Clippers were so, like, the early 2000s, you never dreamed to be a damn Clipper. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> so, it was like the Knicks. I saw the Knicks play the Bulls on TV. Madison Square Garden was always sexy. They sucked. So, I'm like, it's, I could go there in a few years. I could be a Nick. So in my basketball mind, I thought I was going to be a, a Nick, and I fell in love with the colors, the Madison Square Garden, and I just kept kept my fandom up with them. I just connected with them. So, you know, and people know I'm not a bandwagon guy. What, what bandwagon do I have to hop on with the Knicks? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, a rip, like, my roots are always going to be with the Bulls. Like, I love I love Chicago. I love my city. Like, this is one. This is literally my favorite city. Every city I go to, I get homesick. So, it's always like, this is going to forever be my home. But, like, the Blazers, my fandom for that came from um, watching Dame and LaMarcus in that series against the Rockets. Um, and then, like, when Dame got drafted, he came in as a rookie and it was chilling. Like, he came in already, like, with that veteran mentality. And, like, that just kind of just – gravitated me towards that team, honestly. So if Dame gets traded, are you still a Blazer fan? I would think so. But I don't know. I feel like I would definitely still like the team that he's on because he's on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm in a similar boat. Like, I mean, I got into basketball like a little bit late, but like I always play basketball a little bit, but like actually get into the game and playing, you know, I found myself just gravitating towards like the Lakers. Like, I... I admired Kobe like that's who I wanted to play like you know like when I was in high school like made sure I had the two four on made sure I had the Kobe's on free though I wanted to practice like you know everything you do like that that's just who I kind of like gravitated towards too so you know and then even when he retired like I would just still like a fan like that's it just felt like home to me so I would just stay there 
Yeah, but originally when I first started watching basketball, I was actually a Nuggets fan. I wa- I loved watching um, Allen Iverson and Carmelo mm-hmm. um, with those Denver Nuggets teams, and then J.R. Smith when they was the second seed and they took the Lakers to six in the conference finals. Like I was a huge Nuggets fan back in the day. So you stopped that? What made you stop being a Nuggets fan? Uh, when Derrick Rose got drafted. So you just hop on people's trends. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, if the Blazers lose Damian Lillard, then you won't be a Blazer fan. Yes, I would. I think I think he's more of a, a modern era NBA fan where they're more fans of players than the actual organizations, which is cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Corey, how did you become a Bull fan being from New York? Michael Jordan days or some shit? Yeah, the first, I was about to turn seven years old. First game I ever watched, went to my grandparents' house. It was the uh, 93 finals, game six. And um, it was the first pro game I watched because my all, most of my family members went to St. John's. So I'd gone to like some college games or whatever. But like the first pro game I watched was game six of the 93 finals. And I was just like the intensity of it, just everything about it. The fact that it was the NBA finals. I mean, the the whole broadcast. And honestly, I think that whoever had won that game is who I would have been a fan of. So. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, like, I didn't even realize because I'm like six and a half years old. So Michael Jordan scored every point in the fourth quarter except for the game winner. Right. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I think John Paxson's the greatest player of all time because he's the <laughs> one who hit the game winner. I'm six yeah. and a half. I don't really realize. Um, and then from there, you know, I was just like, all right, I'm a Bulls fan now. But mm. I had every opportunity to kind of hop off the bandwagon. I'm like you. Like, I'm what? I'm I'm loyal now because the Knicks were good. They had the opportunity to advance and make the finals right after that because Jordan retires. But I stuck with the Bulls and, uh, you know, a lot of bad times, a lot of, a lot of really good times. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm pretty happy that I got to experience the post-Jordan era more so than even, like, growing up directly in the Jordan era because seeing, like – Jordan retires, and then you got to go through like the Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, you know, Marcus mm-hmm. Pfizer years. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Bulls draft Kirk Heinrich and uh, hire Scott Skiles. And all of a sudden, then Luol Dang, Ben Gordon, Chris Duhon. And all of a sudden, like you get that high of like, yo, I can't believe my team's going to be good now. And it, it's <laughs> such a, it really like, you feel like you earned it as a fan. Like, so. I'm happy that kind of I, I was around to see Jordan, but I was like a, I was a little kid. Um, I was around for it, so I like really appreciate that because I still have the memories of watching those games live. But also, like I really I really love that Kirk Heinrich, Joe Kim Noah, you know, Luol Deng, Ben Gordon team. Like th- that's probably my favorite team as a Bulls fan, even if we came up short. I'm I'm a Nick fan forever, but I I I I, I owe the Bulls a lot because my early basketball memories which is being a kid um and i don't even i hate to sound old but when i was a kid cable was like a, a luxury so i don't even think i may have had cable some days and fucking the bulls would come on like wgn channel nine and i would watch and that's how i even would fall in love with the knicks in madison square garden because i watched it by watching the bulls play uh i remember those teams uh, I even went to Bulls games. My first game was a Bulls game. This is when they had like Jamal Crawford, and he would wear the little leg band and get the S dot card. Yeah, it was just like 
I re- I remember those days, and they would make the playoffs, and they would have like the black shoes with the black uh, socks. The Bulls always had like a swag about them. Um, Tyson Chandler, young Tyson Chandler, uh, Nocioni. It's so many. I remember when the Bulls <laughs> had Gennaro Pargo, and he had some moments like the Bulls. Man, I'm I'm not a Bulls fan, but I I, I might as well be because I have a lot of early memories of like those early 2000 teams. I'm the same way with the Knicks. You know, like I, I feel like I'm a bigger Knicks fan than half the members of Knicks media sometimes. You know, I like I said, I NBA League Pass didn't exist when we were kids. So, like, right. you know, the only games I could watch were Knicks games or Nets games. I'm not I wasn't going to watch Nets games, really. You know, I mean, <laughs> like just so I, I rocked with the Knicks as like, all right, this is who I'm watching. And if I want to watch another team, I got to watch the Knicks. So yep. I feel you on that. Yeah, uh, a lot of kids don't know, they don't know the struggle of that, man. <laughs> I watch the local team. What does uh, what does Derrick Rose mean to Chicago? The most, everything. The the most of uh, the most a player in any sports in Chicago has meant to a, a city other than Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about the homegrown aspect of Derrick Rose that, like every single bull, you don't see this very often across uh, franchises. Every single Bulls fan from this city is still in love with Derrick Rose after everything. I think it's more so like the story. Like he came from the south side of Chicago in the slums with the Simeon. And then like he's now the youngest MVP of all time. Like he gives like those kids that live in that environment like hope. Like, hey, I could use this as motivation to get out of here. Like there is a way out. And uh, I can one day probably be there. I can do something with my life. Like you see just like the story of where you're from and you put it to him and like he knows the struggle too mm-hmm. he's just yeah. he's just a good representation of chicago man like i i was reading his book um and he was talking about like he was saying shit that we say in chicago like we we got a term and a phrase that we use like i'm not going like mm-hmm. court and you playing one-on-one you up 11 i'm 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 up uh you up you up 11 to two we're going to a game of 15 so you basically you're up nine points you're comfortable but I'm gonna still tell you I'm not going. Like you're not about to get this game easy. Like I'm not. You gonna have to earn these next four points. And so it's just like that for him to be such a Chicagoan and then play for the Chicago Bulls and like Derek said, be the youngest mm-hmm. MVP ever. Like that's some shit you can't even you can't even write a movie on that. If I seen a movie yeah. about a guy doing that, it would be like this unrealistic ass movie. Mm-hmm. No way you play. So for him to do all those things, it was good. But the mm-hmm. other side of it that a lot of people don't like to talk about is I remember, cause we were in high school. I remember Derrick Rose being hurt, not playing. And a lot of people shitting on him and turning their back on him. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember vividly uh, people ain't going to, people will act like they didn't say these things. And I'll never forget a moment. Um, this kid, he didn't go to our high school, but he was friends with us. He went to another local high school. He was shitting on Derrick Rose so bad. And his dude, Shout out to um, Googs. This dude had a screenshot of it. He like kept that tweet that the dude said. And Derrick Rose hit the game winner against the Cavs where he just kind of looked. Y'all know that shot where they picked him up. Mm-hmm. And the dude was celebrating on the timeline like, yeah, let's go, Rose. And the, the other dude I know pulled out that tweet like, bro, what about this you were saying? And the dude was like, come on, bro. Can I just have this moment? <laughs> it's like that right there. That was the most frustrating mm-hmm. shit as a Chicago and, and I'm not even a Bulls fan, but everybody liked the Bulls when Derrick Rose was on top. Like, no, they, yeah. So I mean, that, I, that was crazy. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, I made sure I was tuning into the Bulls when Derrick Rose was playing. And something just like I, I think about too, it's just like he, the way he played the game, it was so Chicago s too. Like this is shit you doing in a thirty two, some shit you you doing on the park. Ain't no fouls. Kind of like he he translated that to the NBA and became you know MVP. It's not like he was Steph Curry. I'm trying trying, trying to throw shade at Steph Curry, but not like he was just shooting. Like he had Chicago game. And he translated that, so it was so nice to see. And we got to see it from day one at Simeon. I'll mm-hmm. never forget. I tell this story all the time. My dad asked me and my brother, "Did we want to go to this this the championship game or or con- a finals game with Simeon? It was at the United Center, or did we want to go to our cousin's hotel party? And we chose our cousin's hotel party because because we wanted to swim. And then I'll never forget. Later that night, me and my brother we getting out the pool. We go to the hotel room. And we turn on like TV or something, and Derrick Rose is windmilling at the United Center. And we like, bro, we might have just picked the wrong thing. <laughs> so. I remember, I remember that play. I was <laughs> that shit. That when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, I'm so jealous of whatever whatever team gets to draft this kid. I'm yeah. so jealous. I remember the moment where we won the lottery. For the Derrick Rose pick, I, I wasn't. This was before I was a diehard Bulls fan, uh, but diehard basketball fan. I was at baseball practice, and, and Coach Willie comes from. I think he was listening to it on the radio or something. He runs back to the dime and he's like, "We got the pick. He's coming home." I'm like, "What? He's coming?" Home. Yeah, that, that's the moment I'll never forget. I still have right here in my mom's storage the newspaper of Derrick Rose being the number one pick. He got the Bulls hat on with the ball. I still got this shit. Mm. Man, I feel like I'm about to cry. Last question. I'll let you guys get out of here. Any advice to the readers and uh, and the watchers who are thinking about starting some kind of creative project but are a little, you know, scared, just maybe procrastinating, just a little bit of advice? My, my advice is the same as that. Um, when I, when I started YouTube, I was 13 years old with no direction. It was just, I was just doing it for fun. I know things have changed dramatically since then where some people get into the YouTube game slash podcast game, thinking of it as a career. But when I started doing what I was doing, it was more of a hobby and it turned into a career. And none of that is possible if I didn't do it, or if I quit after a year and not having any subscribers, if I quit after two years and not making any money. So I think doing it, um, and, and recognizing your flaws in the process of doing it can go a long way. Because even if you don't leave the podcast scene making a ton of money, you've grown these skills of talking to people and being more comfortable in front of people. Mm. Um, yeah, I would just, I would simply say just like start it, don't stop and just most importantly do it for you. You know, just like don't go it just feeling like you, you deserve like, oh, I deserve this deal. I don't know. I'm gonna get you know this sponsor and say, just do it for you. And I think that's when you really find like yourself in it. And make sure you're doing it like stuff that you know about, stuff that you're very knowledgeable about, stuff that you can come up here and comfortably talk about. Like P recently just said it on our show. Like, don't go up there talking about fishing if you've never went fishing and you know nothing about it. Like, make sure you're doing things that you know a lot about, so that way you get credibility. The last thing you want to do is go up there spewing shit and you lose your credibility about some stuff that you never that you didn't know anything about i i just say man follow your passion follow your passion be be in love with it a lot of kids get this idea that like like everybody has a podcast now like when we made our podcast we didn't do it because everybody had podcasts we wanted to talk with each other 
and so happened we were lucky enough to go in a direction that the rest of the world was going to go in. We had no idea. So now you look around, every kid wants to be a YouTuber, mm-hmm. have a podcast, because all of these things are hot right now. But like, if that ain't your passion, don't do it because it's what everybody else doing. You think it's a get rich quick scheme or, you know, it's a shortcut. There ain't no shortcuts, man. You got to I think we so su- successful because it's just like legitimately something we wanted to do. We were doing this when there was no house of highlights. We were still creating this content, doing these episodes, and we weren't getting paid for sacrificing our spare time. That's when we all had like regular nine to fives, at least most of us. Like, so he would come from UPS and do an episode. Derek still has his Portillo stuff on doing an episode. Like, we were committed to doing it before fans, before money, before House of Highlights. And because of that, the game, you know, it, it, it gave back to us. But I always credit my love for basketball. I never knew as a seven year old kid falling in love with the game that I would be doing this. I thought I was going to the NBA. You couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be a Nick first round pick six, six shooting guard, you know, leading the Nick to the playoffs. But because I gave the game everything without looking for something back out of it, it still came back to find. They say that though. They say like, if, if, if you love something, you let it go, it'll come back and find you in some mm-hmm. way or another. Um, but that little, that orange basketball, which I'm sure you can replace it with anything. Maybe you're a baseball guy who thinks he's going to the MLB. Like, if you give the game whatever and you give it your all, it'll come back. You're not going to put 10,000 hours in and it's just going to shit on you. Like, it's going it's gonna to come back and find a way, man. So follow your passion, follow your heart, and don't cheat yourself. You got to put in that work. Well said, guys. Thank you, uh, guys. Thank you so much for sitting here, chopping it up with me. Um, I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this again soon. For sure.